Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back and thank you for listening to my very first podcast. My second one, technically, the first one was kind of just an introduction as to basically who the hell I think I am and why I should even have a podcast. So hopefully you've listened to that one. And if not, in summary, basically, it's just saying that you have no control into what family you're born into. And not that I want to seem ungrateful for the family that I was born into and I don't despise it or have any hard feelings. Because I definitely could have been born into a much, much worse family. Like one in the middle of a war scene or one in the middle of Africa or... God only knows where. So I definitely don't begrudge the one I was given. And my mom did do her best considering where she came from. So it's just kind of part of the stepping stones. So yeah, anyways, so this is This Chick's Just Saying. That's my tag name. And my podcast that I'm sharing for right now is Just basically, it's the road I didn't take and how I got here. So just if any of you are curious on to how to maybe change your life and think, well, I'm born into this life and there's no changing it, you have to do. And really, whether you're poor or whether you're rich and you just feel that you're stuck in the way life is going to take you whether you want it or not so you do have choices so at the end of the day you do have choices and I want to encourage you to take advantage of those sometimes it doesn't seem like you have choices and I realize that sometimes you're just in a spot where maybe like as a child in a family you don't have choices up until you're an adult so really you have no choices but you can still make choices that will affect how your future will go. So I know that sounds a little bit crazy, but I will explain that later on. So I just wanted to give you a summary of kind of my childhood and where I came from. I did touch on it a bit in uh, my previous podcast, but basically I was born into a very not wealthy family and I was raised by my mom who ended up separating from my dad when I was a year and a half and she had two other kids with him so she was a single mom with three kids and my dad did not help her at all with anything and in fact he actually just kind of left her and he was very critical which is why my mom decided to leave him and she said everything she did was just never good enough and he came from a great family they had good money and everything but my mom did not she actually came from an alcoholic home where her dad actually made very very good money He, I guess, installed elevators, and he had very, very, well, basically he had lots of money. But, and they lived in a nice house, and they lived in Vancouver, and she, but she was like the poorest church mouse that could have been, because she said that basically what he did was, because he was an alcoholic, he would spend all of his money at the pubs. 
and look like a big shot and buy drinks for everybody, even though his family had like no food and my grandma, um, his wife would, he would beat her up if she ever spoke not very nicely to him, I guess, or didn't agree with how he was running things. So I guess she consistently got beat up and my mom tried to break her cycle because she didn't want us kids growing up in a family environment like that. So she said that they used to get hand-me-downs all the time. So highly, highly recommend if you know anybody, do the hand-me-down thing. It can make a huge difference or donate it to a place where people can use them because you know what, it does make a huge difference to a lot of people. And it made a huge difference for me. It was like I hit the lotto when I got a bag of hand-me-downs from people. I felt like I had just was like pretty woman and ooh, let's check out all the new outfits I got and oh, look at this shirt and it was awesome and I just loved it. And so if you are able to give hand-me-downs or donate them to a place that is like the Salvation Army or places where they actually sell them for a reasonable amount. Um, or just give them to people that you know are in need or if somebody knows somebody, then, you know, that is, it's a great, great gift. So anyways, um, so yeah, my mom was saying that when she was growing up, the poor kids used to give them hand-me-downs because they had no clothes because my grandpa, I guess, would just spend all of his money at the pubs and stuff. So, yeah, it was really unfortunate. So on the outside looking in, they looked like they were rich. But she said that he spent all the money on booze and on everybody else. And everybody who knew him thought he was a great guy, um, but didn't know how abusive he was, you know behind the scenes so that's also another thing you never really know what's going on in someone's house so try not to be too judgmental and just assume their lives are perfect because you never know things can be very different from what they're perceived to be and what the facts actually are so on that note um, my mom left my dad um, when I was a year and a half and so he gave her no money no nothing when she left and so we were raised on welfare and my dad actually went ahead and started another family and continued on and had actually three other daughters so I had some half siblings that I didn't really know and I was actually not too happy with my dad obviously and it hurt that basically he ditched us and just went and found a new family. And then when I saw how they lived and how we lived, it was not cool because they had a much, much better life than we did. And I'm not really sure basically why he chose to take care of them and not us, but that was his choice. So we lived, like I said, on welfare. Um, halfway through grade two, we moved out. My mom got some inheritance from her dad when he passed away, and it wasn't much. Um, and actually, um, my grandma had passed away before my grandpa, and I had mentioned that in the previous podcast. 
So when my grandpa finally passed, and I use that term grandpa loosely, um, my mom, I guess, got some inheritance. And so with that little bit of inheritance that she got, she was smart enough, which was great. She bought a house. And this house was extremely tiny. And it was about 45 minutes out of the town that we lived in. And it was a house that was like 20 feet by 20 feet. So it was pretty tiny. And I, it did have about a four foot kind of carport or not carport, like a boot room. I don't know, kind of thing on it. So I guess maybe technically it was 24 feet, but that was just kind of where we kept like the freezer and there was our water pump that pretty much never worked, but there was a water pump in there and that's where we kept the dog food. So I don't know, I guess technically maybe it was that, but it was a pretty, pretty, pretty tiny place. And so it, and that tiny little place housed uh, four people, my mom, myself, my older sister for a little bit, and then my two younger brothers. And the youngest brother was a little whoopsie that came along after she had left my dad, um, just actually before we moved out to Willow. Because um, I remember being in the bathtub at the apartment building when she asked us if we wanted a little brother. And we were all like, yeah, that'd be so cool. And um, yeah, because she just kind of had a one night stand for one girl's night or a girl's night and whoops came along a baby but we definitely love him and he was like a little dress-up doll for us and we were very excited to have him in our family so for the one we don't share the same dad for the others three kids um it was all from the same father so yeah, so that was my childhood and we grew up in this very, very tiny house and the house that we lived in, there was like a living room which had a wood stove and it had tiny little, kind of like a, you know, a seat that you see at like a diner, you know, I don't know what they're called. They're like a little boot or like a, I don't know, like a booth. That's the word I'm looking for. Sorry, a booth. But my mom did eventually take that out because it didn't hold us all and she wanted the extra room in there. And then we just pretty much sat on the couches and chairs when we ate. So we ended up removing that. But it had two bedrooms. One bedroom was, I want to say maybe eight feet by eight feet. And then there was a bathroom in there that was like I don't know maybe four feet by like four feet I don't know it barely had a tub in there and so the tub came right up to the door jam and there was one toilet in there and one sink and it was just one of those like pedestal kind of sinks and a mirror and you basically had about the width of your hips from the tub to the sink so and it closed with like a little curtain um, it was very small and then there was another bedroom that we had someone eventually build 
some bunk beds in there just kind of built right into the edge and with the bunk beds in there it we had about mm, two feet or yeah maybe about two feet to the wall and then we also had the kitty litter box in there which was nasty but and of course my mom was definitely not the cleanest girl she was definitely a hoarder and we grew up in a very messy house so and also too because it was so tiny but I remember we had kitty poop on our bed and the kitty litter box was overflowing with kitty stuff and we would if when we cleaned up we would like shovel that stuff off the floor and put it back in the litter box and yeah it was definitely not sanitary set up and the kitchen which was pretty tiny um basically consisted of a fridge and some eventually actually we got some cupboards which was handy to put our food in and we had a sink but of course the sink never worked so and we had a stove so we used to always and then my mom would have like a I think she had like a little table or something in the middle kind of like an island idea because we would use we would wash our dishes and stuff and we'd have to heat our water and a lot of the times haul our water it was like a luxury when the water pump was either the water lines weren't frozen or the but we only ever had cold water so we never did have running hot water and we it was wood heat only in the house and yeah it was it was definitely some rustic living but yeah the whole house was heated by wood heat only so it was either 110 degrees in there or it was like minus 40. So any of you who grew up with wood heat, you will definitely know where I'm coming with that. And so, yeah, it was um, it was interesting. Um, and we had channels 2 and 12 because we didn't have enough money to pay for TV. So way back then, we'd have the good old rabbit ears and which many of you may not know that, but it's a type of antenna that you could usually get 2 and 12. I don't know if that's still a thing or not now, but you usually could get channel 2 and channel 12. And of course, I think channel 12 was the one that came in the best. So really, for the most part, we had one channel. But if we were lucky on sometimes, we would get in the other channel. So in growing up in that era, actually, um, cartoons we would watch those every Saturday morning which was awesome and yeah other than that we just played outside and we had like um, a little well actually we had a pretty decent yard for considering the house size so out in the town where we lived they kind of sold their areas in lots and so I think we had two lots and it had it did have when we got there a running toilet that um, worked and we could flush it and everything was great but over the years the septic field or septic tank that used to be kind of out over by well we had a chicken coop back there and eventually the it fell in and so then we couldn't actually use the toilet or if the water froze 
um, the toilet wasn't functioning properly. For the longest time, we were able to just dump buckets of water down the toilet to use it, but even then, eventually, that was not a possibility. So, thus, the how I grew up literally pooping in a bucket eventually, and I remember having to take that bucket out to the back, and we would pour it into what was the caved-in uh, septic tank um, over by the chicken coop, and that's where we would empty it. And, yeah, so, and we always had a big dog, which was good, and I grew up with cats because we did have a mouse situation, and so we grew up with a couple cats and actually a little dog too. We had a little dog named Missy, and she was awesome. And the kitties were awesome. We loved them. Little Cleo, she was such a mama, mama kitty. She liked to take care of everybody, and she was good. She was a good cat. And, of course, she'd end up having kittens, as my mom couldn't afford to fix the cat so we would have babies here and there and then give them away and some of them we kept and some of them would die but yeah I remember actually going to sleep at night and actually okay so sorry the sleeping arrangements with all those people for the longest time my mom actually slept on the couch out in the living room and me and my sister uh, would sleep in the bigger bedroom and the two boys would sleep in the bedroom with the bunk beds so and then afterwards and that's how we and there was only like one not even a closet per se it was you know like a built-in like a shelf where you basically put a shelf up and then it has that hanger rod underneath and so you hang things on it that was our closet we had dressers, um, but yeah, it was pretty slim pickings on how to keep stuff organized. And also, too, for drying our clothes, actually, because we didn't have a washer or dryer. We had, sometimes we had a washing machine, and it was actually kind of cool. It was one of those old-style ones where they kind of rung through. And no, I didn't grow up 100 years ago. It was just a retro-style kind of thing my mom had and then eventually we got a real washer and um, and then we would just hang our clothes to dry inside the house um, when it was winter and we would have like two clotheslines one clothesline would go from um, across the front door like inside the house and then the other clothesline would go kind of on the other side of the living room across the room so it would be sometimes right in front of the TV, but then when they dry, we take them down and fold them up and then put them away and then put up some new clothes. So yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting. So, and where we, so we played a lot outside and we would actually, I remember we used to have a lot of fun. My mom would grow a garden too, which was awesome. Um, the couple times that she did. And we would go and eat her little sweet peas, and she had carrots, and they were super yummy. I remember she grew kohlrabi. It was awesome that way. We used to always go and just eat all the sweet peas. I freaking love those things. They were fabulous. And we had for water, um, I remember we had to get a new well dug or something. So maybe that's one of the times why we didn't have water. 
And so we had this culvert in the backyard and we used to roll around in that, which was pretty fun. We'd kind of do like a star shape and then we would like take turns rolling each other inside it. Yeah, it's funny. But where we grew up too, we had a river that we could go and float in. And that was a lot of fun in the summer. Until, like me, one time I was screaming my full head off because I had one of those um, ugly, ugly fly beetle things land on me. I thought I was going to die, but luckily my sister did save me. So that was, of course, she pissed herself laughing before she saved me. But, um, but yeah, so that was nice. I got that awful bug off me. And, um, yeah, I was kind of a... A wussy that way. I definitely didn't like flying bugs at me. But anyways, so yeah, so we had chickens and it was pretty cool when our chickens would have babies. Um, Mum would let them nest and grow little baby chicks to give us new chickens. And the funny thing I remember, well funny not funny, anytime I named a chick mine, Oh my gosh, that thing was, a, it was a death sentence for that poor bird. I had three different chickens that were named mine. And one I remember was Blackie. I think, I remember it was a black chicken. Black Beauty or something, I can't remember what I named it. But basically it got eaten by the neighbor dog. There's a really mean bully dog that lived around us. And he ate it, and which was, I was pretty mad. And another chick that I had, and I think a fox got it, and then I got talked into saying one more was mine, because I was like, no way, man. These poor birds, as soon as they're named mine, it's like game over. Like the death of, or the angel death or something. So I named one more, and I thought, okay, this one will be mine. And again, it freaking died. So I just thought, nope, I'm not going to curse any other poor baby birds with mine. I just was happy to just kind of enjoy them all. I'm like, nope, I'm good. But they were so much fun. We used to drop little chunks of worms. We'd go and collect them and drop little chunks of worms in there. And they would, all the little baby chicks were so adorable. They would like chase each other for these little chunks of baby of sorry worm and it was awesome they would sit there and we used to do this thing and we just got ourselves laughing we'd do that and then we'd watch all the chicks just chasing each other this bird would steal it from that bird and that bird would steal it from that bird and oh my god we'd sit there for forever just sitting there laughing and watching them and stuff and yeah <laughs> dumb fun dumb fun that made our day happy so but anyways so yeah with my childhood I I do have a lot of great memories um, I did have some bad things happen to me as well I did have to deal with unfortunately some sexually uh, sexual abuse from mom trying to find father figure men anytime and I, I understand why she wanted that because I had two younger brothers and then there was me and my sister and she wanted us to have a father figure seeing as our dad was definitely not interested and he didn't send us like any birthday gifts or Christmas gifts or nothing nothing even when he'd come to town he wouldn't even 
pop in, say hi. And um, the odd time he did, but later I found out mom was saying that it was because he wanted some nookie. And she told me this way later, of course. And I was like, she goes, yeah, sadly, he only was around when he wanted something. And yet his other kids, wow, and I finally got to see how they lived, because um, later in my childhood, um, he went and he would... He took me one summer, actually, for a month, and it was actually really cool in a lot of ways, but I was excited, and I remember him coming and picking me up, and because my mom obviously had guilted him into saying, you know, you got to spend some time with your kids here. So actually, sorry, I'll back that up a bit. So when, oh yeah, because no, at that time... Laura wasn't living with him. Okay, so yes, my dad went and he was, he took me one summer, which was, God, how old would I have been? Around 10 or something, I would think, 10-ish. And um, I went and I stayed with him for a month, which was, oh, I was so excited. I was so excited. And my dad, he always had a soft spot for me. He, I guess just because I grew up as an old soul, I don't know, but he always told me, oh, you're going to make yourself, you're going to make something of yourself. I just know it. I just know it. And, and that used to actually make me quite angry because I thought, you know what, if you think so highly of me, why don't you want to be around me, you know? And I guess in his mind, he was like, oh, you'll be fine, but I don't know. So anyway, so he took me to um, about four hours away where he lived with his other family. And I got to stay with him for like 30 days for a whole month. So it was actually really cool. I was like so excited and so nervous and everything. But when I got there, um, I ended up just kind of hanging out with his new wife. But it was more like live-in you know, girlfriend, and she had been with him for the whole time, and it was their kids together, and, you know, it was great, um, and she was pretty nice, I thought, in the beginning, and, um, and then she, and it was so funny, because I remember the first night I got there, they set up like a bed for me. I, I took one of their kids' rooms, and I remember thinking, holy man, they're so rich and so lucky. They lived in this trailer with an addition on it, and I think it was, I don't know if it was five acres, but it was a couple acres, their yard. And it wasn't really anything fancy now that I look back, but it was like a palace to me. And wow, I just couldn't believe that this is how he got to live and their kids were so lucky they had such a nice clean house and they had their own bedroom but I remember after they got me all settled in and said okay this is where you're going to be sleeping and you can put some toiletries in the bathroom that when bedtime came pardon me I was sitting there thinking oh my goodness I wonder if I could get a hug I wonder, would that be weird? Could I ask him for one? So I went out there so ballsy and so terrified. 
And I was just standing there in the hallway, kind of looking at him, sitting at the table. And I asked him, I said, could I have a hug before I go to bed? And he looked at me shocked, like, uh, sure. Sure you can, I guess. So I went over there and I gave him a big hug. And, oh, I just hugged him forever. It was just so nice to feel like a normal kid that just got to hug their dad at night. And I went off to bed and it was great. Woke up the next morning and he had gone to work, of course. And I hung out with uh, the his wife, we'll say, um, because pretty much she was. And his other three kids, which were, they were great. They were really nice. They were, and I remember I went, I went to the bathroom. This is something that's like a major childhood coup I loved. Um, I went to the bathroom and I washed my hands and they had the Jerkins hand soap, the white creamy stuff. And to me, that was rich people soap. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait till I grow up and I'm going to have this nice, fancy, rich people soap in my bathroom. And it was just so wonderful. And they had a bathtub with running water and hot water that came out of it and a toilet that flushed. I felt like I was in just fancy land, I guess, rich people land. And I was like, yeah, this is how I want to live. I want to live like this. And so anyway, so I hung out with them for a good week. And then I could tell um, his wife and my dad were arguing. And so eventually, and I would watch the kids and I will tell you, I was great with kids. Like, I let my inner child come out to play. And I, when I babysat or when I watched kids, I would always be like, okay, I'm your source of entertainment. What do you want to do? I never just kind of let them exist with me. I, I always just wanted to make sure that they had a good time. And that they were like, sweet, this lady's old enough to, well, not at 10, but... When I babysat, it was like, this lady, I'm I'm there for their entertainment. So we had so much fun together and walking around. We walked around the town, and it was great. It was lots of fun. So I did overhear one night um, his wife and my dad talking, and she was yelling at him, saying, like, she didn't come here to see me, and you need to spend more time with her, and frankly, I don't want her around my kids. And I was horrified. Like, she definitely had a point that me coming there, because I think this had probably been about two weeks by the time I had been there, where she finally put her foot down, or maybe it was a week and a half or something, I'm not sure, but I remember being so upset that she didn't want her children mixing with me, the riffraff. And she didn't trust her children around me. Oh, my God. I was devastated. I'm like, I'm like the nicest freaking person. I'm like playing with your kids. I'm like, this is great. But looking back, I think she said that to make 
my dad take me and hang out. But I remember I was pretty hurt. Like she could have said, look, she came here to visit you. She didn't, you know, come here to hang out with me and your other kids. Like you need to spend time with her, which I get. I My dad was dropping the ball and he was kind of letting his new wife basically take care of me for the month when he probably had to have me. And which never happened any other time. So I'm not exactly sure. Maybe my mom had something that she had to do, or I'm not exactly sure what, but how I ended up being there. But I was there for a month, and maybe mom just needed a break. I don't know. Um, But anyway, so I was there for the month, and he was pawning me off on his new wife, and she was right. I was there to hang out with him, and I really didn't see him that much, but I was still enjoying myself because... To me, I was living a normal childhood where we had dinner at five o'clock and we, I got to have a shower when I wanted. I could flush the toilet when I wanted. I could go play in the park. I could just, all those innocent things that was great. I got to use that fancy Jergens hand soap every time I go, went to the bathroom. It was amazing to me. I was like, wow. Other than, yes, I did miss my dad and I was kind of hoping I would be able to see him more, but... Anyways, she said that she didn't trust her kids around me, which really hurt my feelings. But of course, I didn't let on. I didn't let her know that. So the very next morning, my dad woke me up and said, Kate, you're coming to work with me. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And so, yeah, I hung out with him and he was doing this concrete job. And it was awesome we got to go and have coffee first thing in the morning and because he would meet his other little coffee contractor buddies at the local coffee shop and then he would go off and he was building like a water holding tank for this one person and I got to help him with that which I thought was pretty awesome so I actually got to work because I love that kind of building things creating things It was fabulous. And he said, okay, well, with the money that you make, you know, if you're a good helper, I will help you buy a bike. And so I was so excited. So we, I actually got to work a concrete machine and it was the funniest thing. It was, I felt awful, but I ended up accidentally, and I truly was accidentally, I accidentally ended up filling up my dad's gumboots full of concrete Oh my God, I was just horrified and I thought he was going to kill me. But he did. He laughed. He was a good sport. And because I was just like mortified. But I did a lot of things that were very helpful. But that was one thing where I kind of went, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm like, so that was a fun memory. And yeah, we just really enjoyed ourselves hanging out. So after the summer was done, he bought me a bike and he took it back to where I lived with my mom. And I was so excited because I never had a brand new bike. Oh my God. I'd never, I don't even know if I had a bike actually before. And now I had like a brand new one that nobody else had sat on. Nobody else had nothing. Oh, I was so excited. So when we got home, we put it in the shed that we had. And mm, I was so excited to ride it the next day. And when I woke up the next day, I went out to the shed and my brother, my brother that was a year and a half younger than me, 
had dismantled the whole bike into a thousand pieces. Like so many pieces that I had no idea how to put it back together. Now he said he was just curious how it was put together, but I never even got to sit on that bike or anything. I was very upset. I was quite devastated, actually. But I... It is what it is, and trust me, I tried to put that thing together. I tried so hard. But at the time, we didn't have Google. At the time, we didn't have no YouTube. Not that I would have had the internet anyways. And yeah, I, I really wish, thinking back, that my mom maybe could have reached out to my dad and asked for a manual as to put it back together, but she didn't. And so, yeah, I worked all that summer with my dad, and I never even got to use it. Never even got to sat on it. But, I don't know, I think probably maybe my brother was upset that he never got to go with him. I don't know, but, yeah, he just, and the the brutal part was, he was just like, I said, well, you got to put it back together. He's like, meh, I don't know how. And then he just walked away. <laughs> and my mom never, like, made him do it or nothing. It was just like, eh. Yeah, sorry. Sucks to be me. So that was not very nice. But what do you do? I guess at least I got the memories of hanging out with my dad, which was nice. So that was unfortunate. but Or that part was fortunate. But never did get my bike. So it was actually quite a big deal when I became an older teenager. And I got a new bike. It was pretty nice. Let's just say I was a little... I was kind of protective of it, as you can understand. But yeah, so that was uh, one thing that happened in my childhood. And that definitely also made me appreciate things that I have, which I think I did anyways. But what do you do? Life sucks. You know, it is what it is. Move on. If I dwell on it, all it's going to do is crumple me up into a ball. So anyways, moving forward. So... After that, I did some babysitting and I did a paper route and I did lots of things that I could try to do to make money. And it, yeah, I did what I could because I wanted to have disposable income just to buy if I wanted some cookies from the store or if I wanted whatever. So at actually at age 10, I used to, well, I babysat and I was an amazing babysitter and I did that for a couple of years. And because like I said, my thing was, is I wanted anyone who got me to babysit. I used to always clean their kitchen, clean their living room, clean up everything I could so that they kind of got a housekeeper and a babysitter. And I also wanted to make sure, well, when I was with the kids, I would play with the kids. I would say, okay, I'm here for your entertainment. What do you want to do? And then after the kids went to bed and it was their time, then I would clean up the house and everything. And so that I always thought it'd be pretty awesome if the people came back and had a house that was better than they left it. So that was kind of my gift to them for hiring me. And yeah, but ironically, I wasn't the most popular babysitter. 
So there was another girl in town who always got all the babysitter jobs. And I don't know why, but I think it was because maybe she was more chum chum buddies with them or I don't know. She also smoked and drank and I don't know, which actually come to think of it was pretty young to be doing that. But she was, um, what was she? Well, she was a little bit older than me, but we were in the same grade. So maybe she might have failed or something. I'm not sure. Or maybe, I don't know, she she seemed more mature than me. But anyways, she she was a kind person, and she just seemed to always get the babysitting job. So whenever I did get a babysitting job, that was my theory, was, man, I want these guys to want me back. So I would always try and do above and beyond. And hopefully the kids would beg to have me back, because I was there for their entertainment. But yeah, so I babysat, and I also did a paper route, and... I took over the paper route and I did that for a lot of years and I would do I used I started out doing like there was two sides to this little town there was called like there was the one side um which was like the main town and then there was a side called the well we nicknamed it the other side of the tracks because there was a train track that ran through this town and so I would, before, I used to do just the one side. And then when the person who did it quit, then I did both sides, which was a huge job. And every day I would do it after school. And it was about a seven-kilometer um, paper route. Like, it took me definitely at least about two hours, at least, and I had to walk all over this town on both sides of the tracks now. And I did not have a warm coat to wear. If it was raining, I was like drenched to my core. I was not lucky like some of the other people who used to have the paper route. Their parents would drive them around. Um, my mom did not. And it was really, really, really hard. And for some bizarre reason... I thought that if I didn't do the papers, well, for one, I wanted to do it because it gave me a sense of pride that I had a job and I wanted to have some money. And I also thought in my head for some bizarre reason that if nobody delivered the papers, that the whole town would not even get a newspaper. I don't know where the heck I got that idea from. So I really, really, really tried not to give it up. But um, in doing this, I never even actually, the first couple times I got some money, but after that, I didn't even make any money at it because my brother, my, my younger brother, the one that was a year and a month younger than me, he would always steal the money. And then my mom would be really upset because he would steal the money from my paper route money. And then my mom sometimes had to come up with the money out of her own pocket money to pay um for the papers and how it worked with the paper route is you would deliver the papers and collect all the money and then they would send you a bill for the newspapers and you got to keep whatever money was left over so yeah it was um it was very disheartening a lot a lot of times me growing up I worked and worked and worked and worked and I got nothing for it and I did get the sense of, like, I was good at it, and I had a strong work ethic, definitely, and 
I don't know why I didn't give up, but I didn't. And then I remember when I did have to finally give up the paper, I was just devastated because I thought, oh, my God, the whole town is not even going to have a newspaper. And what are these people going to do? And what a ding dong, because all they did was they just dropped a lot of papers at the local store. And then everybody just went and got their own damn paper. So I wish I kind of would have known that before. But but anyways, what do you do? So I wanted to try and keep this podcast a little bit shorter. So I'm going to end it here pretty quickly. And that was a bit of my childhood. So on the next one, I will continue on. And you will learn a little bit more about me and but more as what you can apply to your own life. Okay, so this one was just more history than any lessons. But the next one will actually give you some things that you can take with you. Or I don't know, maybe this has given you some things that you can take with you. So we'll talk to you soon and have an amazing day. See you later.